So that's my hack is that when you've posted something, make sure to stay on the app and you're going to go and engage for a full 30 minutes and you're not going to scroll and you're not going to get distracted. You're going to actually engage with community and you will see your following and your engagement grow. Welcome everybody to another episode of Spilling the Tea. I'm your host, Kathleen Smiley. I'm super excited today. We have another special guest with us introducing Brittany Kolba, who is a Canadian digital marketing expert, blogger, creator, influencer, podcaster. Oh, and um, mom to four children. <laughs> how you do that, but I'm super excited to have you on the show. We're going to unpack some huge marketing insights, some trends, some growth hacks, to build your brand and your business. So welcome, Brittany. Thanks, Kathleen. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm super bummed that you're here. I have been following you for a while. I'm like, you know, mild girl crush, small and mild to moderate. This is usually what happens to all of my guests. I'm like, oh yeah, just so you've been stalking you for a while. They're like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I am a born and raised Calgarian. I do have four kids. It's quite the zoo. I have my diplomas in digital marketing and business management, as well as super random, but I am a veterinarian assistant. I never actually practiced, but I have my diploma. So if you have a dog with something going on, you can ask me. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's kind of weird. But yeah, I work from home around all of these kids and I don't get a lot of sleep right now. But I help small businesses basically figure out their digital marketing. So whether that be their branding, their social media, their copywriting, their website, that kind of thing. I'm not super techie, so I'm not so on the tech side of stuff. A lot of people ask me to build their website because I built my website. And I'm like, I will never do that again. <laughs> so don't ask me to build your website. But so basically, I just try to figure out strategies to help these small businesses because I was just finding that there was a niche of people that could not afford to hire a social media manager, but they really needed one. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of filled in the gaps for me to educate how to run your own digital marketing until you can level up and hire somebody. Right. Right. Well, that's amazing. Well, I'm super excited for you to share some more insights with us and kind of break some marketing know-how down. The last guest I had on the show was Kate Stevens and her and I, probably more me than her. I won't place blame on her. One of our body positivity uh, tangent. And yes, this podcast is supposed to be about marketing. So, so um, funny. <laughs> so we're going to try it again with you, but <laughs> to give you a quick shout out because you also have a podcast, Brittany Colba Social School. Has mm -hmm. that helped with your, like your brand presence and your awareness? within the market from like a personal perspective? To be perfectly transparent, no. And that's because podcasting around little children is near impossible. <laughs> so it's been really on the bottom of the barrel for my priorities. I can blog and write a lot better than I can podcast. But to be honest, I love the podcasting. So I have lots of guests in my head that I have lined up, a ton of topics and stuff that need to be done. I really enjoy it, but why I ended up doing the podcast is that I'm a big believer in repurposing content. So a lot of people, and I know even for myself, they gravitate towards one media platform. So whether that be podcasts, Instagram, YouTube, uh, blogs, whatever it is, 
if you repurpose your content, meaning you're doing the same content on all the platforms, you're hitting all of those different markets mm -hmm. because most people aren't checking out all those markets. So they're not hearing the same thing over and over again. So that was a big reason why I did the podcast is just because I myself love podcasts. That's just like totally my jam. So I'm like, well, how can I not have a podcast if I love them so much? So I think it just also gives like a voice to some of these issues that are out there rather than writing a 2200 character caption on Instagram. Really? And it's where people consume their like their content. A lot of mm -hmm. times I find that more people are gravitating toward podcasts and like there's such a surge in podcasts because people are consuming it and it's easy mm -hmm. to listen to. I feel like my podcast intake went down because I'm at home and I can't work and listen to a podcast or else I'll type out what people are saying. <laughs> but so every time I get a chance, I'm like walking my dog or going out for a drive. I don't drive anywhere anymore. I work from home. So, but now I'm like, oh, I'm listening to it. So yeah. it's like an omni-channel type of marketing where you're like, okay, I've created this 500 word, you know, blog or something like that. And then you're like, okay, I can easily talk about this for a couple of minutes or bring somebody else onto a podcast mm -hmm. and start to repurpose it and build that conversation and that dialogue. So, I mean, and it's fun. I it mean, is totally fun. We had a little bit of trouble getting on here, but <laughs> oh, a little bit, half, half an hour later, totally, totally my fault. <laughs> no. I'm never going to ask anybody else, anybody to wear headphones ever again, but that, that's for another day. I want to dive into your Instagram channel because you have a very powerful channel. It's beautiful. Number one, it's like so curated. You got the filters and the presets on point. Wow. And the colors. Thank you. you have over 10,000 followers, which is amazing. So how have you grown that channel? So while 10,000 looks like a lot and it was a grind to get there and a huge, a huge battle to get there. But also I was so happy to reach the 10,000 just for that swipe up. Yeah. But I've been on Instagram for nine years, nine, nine years, nine years. I have, I want to say 2,500 posts on Instagram. Oh. I have been doing this a very long time, which I do find makes me an expert in the area just from experience. Totally. You've seen it go from when it was like people would just post pictures without a caption just because that's when it, that's me, what it was. Me? Me? Oh my God. No I'm, hashtag, no caption, disgusting frames, disgusting yeah. filters. Valencia filters. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I get it. I had, okay, this has taken us way back, but nine years ago would bring us to what, 2011? Okay, I yeah. had a Blackberry. Oh, nice. <laughs> so like I didn't even I don't even think I got on Instagram oh my god this is terrible until 2014 when I got an iPhone okay you know yeah, yeah. okay you're like hey. okay <laughs> I'm like I thought executives only had blackberries uh, were you an executive and of an oil and gas company <laughs> yeah you know 20 year old Kathleen an executive yeah. so uh, successful so early on yeah, I just had a brick of a phone that dropped <laughs> all the time because I was a drunken lunatic. Anyway, crazy. I go back into your um, your use and your knowledge within Instagram. So you've grown this channel. Now you have, you said, like you said, you have this business and that you're a digital marketer and you're an expert in your field, but you also have four kids and a family. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you find that you blend those two and you have like mommy followers and then like brand followers. Like how mm -hmm. you create content for both worlds. Yeah. So my niche following is Calgary. So I'm about, um, I would say about 85% local 
and 86% women and the rest are men. Hi, my 14% men. I really appreciate appreciate you. you. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Learning about the females so they could be a better husband, I guess. I don't know. 14% is real smart because Mm -hmm. they're They're looking at like outfits, what to buy their wives, partners, whoever. And like, totally. You're getting all the inside scoop and all the trendy stuff from you. Totally. You, so, that is so right. And uh, now that I think of it, that's who all men should be following is these body positive women empowerment people. But yeah, so my niche following is a lot of small business owners that are moms that are women. Yes, I do have some that aren't moms and that's totally fine. Like I don't post just mommy stuff, but it, really people really gravitate towards me like that are moms that own their own business that are juggling the craziness and a big reason for that is while my feed looks very curated my, my stories on the other hand include kids literally screaming and crawling on me attacking my phone laundry everywhere it's a disaster so I, well, my feed looks really beautiful. I also show the side that is so messy, which is honestly 98% of my life <laughs> is that. And so I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my God, you can have screaming children and be successful. You can have, you know, meals that burn and get a diploma while you're quarantined, you know? So I just feel like it's a lot of people that like really want to do the thing, but think that they can only be a mom or only be a wife. And then they look at that and they're like, actually, no, things don't have to be perfect for you to level up. So that's kind of, yeah. Perfect for you to level up. I'm writing that down. Okay. I love that. And so like you are really, I feel like having it all. Do you feel like you're having it all? I feel like you're having it all. I'm going to send that three times. So like I'm into it, but that's yeah. a lot. And I found, I mean, you're juggling so much. I was laughing to my boyfriend earlier because we were making, I was making dinner. Yeah. Like, a gender stereotype. And I know that's terrible, but I'm trying to learn how to cook. And so he was trying to help me. And I was like, get, you don't know the process. You don't know the process. And then I was like, I have podcast doing and running around. And then I'm like, Katie, Brittany Colbert has four kids and running all this shit. And I can't even handle one boyfriend and a dog and one podcast, like, and like a job. You know, like that's a lot. And so like, I love seeing people's lives on play on an Instagram. And I know this is bringing me to my next point. I swear I have a point, but we see these like very curated feeds and we see these curated lives and we see all this sort of things that take so much time and effort and posing and, and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, creating that content that actually is like genuine and authentic. And you're like, this yes. is actually my life. Do you feel like there's there's a line and also like a business from like a brand perspective to say like, this is actually behind the scenes. Like everyone that we, that will reach out to us sometimes like with local laundry will be like, where are your headquarters? And you're like, I'm not going to say it's in my basement, but like we have our fulfillment center, which is in Toronto, which sounds like super swanky and cool, which it is. Totally. But the HQ, I'm not even going to say where the HQ is, but it's not where people think it is. <laughs> I like seeing like the BTS, you know, the behind the scenes. And so how, how can the curation happen? And also how can, what are your, what are your thoughts on how the authenticity can happen from both sides, from a brand perspective? Yeah. So I feel like my images are really beautiful, even the ones that aren't beautiful. I try to be artistic in the way that they are taken. And Mm -hmm. then I, you know, I throw the preset on them. I adjust the lighting. So I make sure the image is always pretty. 
but the caption is always real. So the caption isn't mm -hmm. always like, look at my family. It's so perfect. And my house is so perfect. Um, the caption is usually pretty vulnerable and pretty raw. That line that I won't cross is telling other people's stories. So I will tell you everything about me. I am an open book. I will tell you like anxiety or depression or that I had like a tummy tuck at like 22 years old after my first baby and then had three more babies. I will tell you everything about me. The line I won't cross is sharing other people's stories. So I don't talk a lot about my marriage and I don't talk a lot about um, like my teenager. You know, if we, I have issues in either of those realms that doesn't go on my social because it's not appropriate because that's not just my story to tell that's their story as well. So that's kind of where I draw a line at like personal versus professional. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I get this question all the time, all the, every single workshop I do, people are like, I have a personal feed and a professional feed. What do you think? I'm like, get them all on one, get them all on one. Because the thing is, is that people aren't interested in just the product. They want to know the story behind it. They want to know the people behind it. They want to see the mess and the craziness and stuff because that makes you relatable. And so these small, small businesses that are just starting up, they have a family and everything on the side. And then they've got, you know, their, let's say their face creams, face oils, whatever, all in their feed. But then nobody knows the story behind the scenes. So they're not emotionally attached to that business. Whereas if you throw in a little bit more personal stuff, people will relate to you and they're going to buy that soap because they're buying it from a mom that also had a four liter jug of chocolate milk spill all over their counter that week, you know? So that's, I really believe in just showing, showing that like shit happens to everybody and that it's not just perfect curated feeds. Right. You against the world. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a space for like emotional connection, I guess, like emotional and digital connection within social media. And we found that as well, you know, when we start to share out more vulnerable posts or the mm -hmm. real story about how things happen, we just shared a blog post about, you know, where are we now COVID-19? And we were like, this is what we had to do. This like, yeah. COVID-19 still is crazy to me that yeah we're living in this world number one and we're adjusting number two but number three that like this happened overnight we lost like probably 80 percent of our retailers overnight that just like yeah. shut their doors and you're like and so what i loved was a lot of people were coming out and saying like this is what happened to us and mm -hmm. we have these products we have these things we have these partnerships and we have this content that we want to talk about but then at the end of the day connor and i and our team were saying Let's just be radically transparent. And when yep. we launched our bamboo healthcare garments and our zip-up hoodies and our t-shirts, they were all on pre-sale. It, it took forever to get everybody what they wanted. And so we, we were kind of getting a little bit of backlash and we were like, radical transparency. Let's just say we're sorry. We fucked up. You know, yeah. didn't know, blah, blah, blah. So I love that you're saying that there's an emotional connection you feel that like that brand power really does have that reach. So from mm -hmm. a personal perspective, that works. And then when you're working with your clients, how do you integrate that, that in between that you're marketing a product or a service, but then you're also being vulnerable and engaging that connection. How do you bring those two worlds together? Yeah. So um, full transparency, again, one of the services I have provided in the past and I've really moved away from is running other people's feeds. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I am, and I know everyone's like, I'm authentic. Like it's like the buzzword of the century, 
but I literally cannot lie for the life of me. And so it's extremely hard for somebody that's so emotionally driven and not so intellectually driven to play the part of somebody else and also be as passionate about their baby as they could be. Mm -hmm. which is exactly why I created the workshop because I was running feeds and they were okay. They looked great, but I feel like they weren't growing or connecting because there wasn't a voice behind it. Right. There was no, like I couldn't, I couldn't be the voice of that brand. And then if they got too busy to do stories or whatever, like that was really lacking. And so that's just where I had to fill in the gaps. That's where I was like, you know what, this is, this is silly. Like I can't run these feeds. I'm just not passionate about it. I can do it. Don't get me wrong. I can do it, but I can only do it for a short time. And I actually had somebody approach me recently that said, do you know anybody that does this? And I said, I'll do it for a month, show you the ropes, make it beautiful, show you all the things. And then I want to hand it back to you, but I cannot sign a year contract or whatever to do this because I will hate it. So, yeah, so I really find a passion for like that startup, like that helping people to find their brand, their voice, their niche market, and then handing over the reins because empowering people is way more important to me than just taking their stuff and making it pretty. And just rewriting it and posting. Yeah. 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 So I really do believe back to the question. I mean, I believe that people should be a small business should be running their own accounts, using their voice, using their background, their family or their friends or behind the scenes stuff, like creation videos, like cookie makers or soap makers doing like the process videos. All of that stuff is so cool. And that's what I think that people really need to hone in on. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's total transparency is that I didn't do a great job of that because I don't think I can be the voice of somebody else's baby. Totally. And I feel like you need to really be in there. Like you need to be so yeah. integrated. You know who does yeah. a really good job of those process videos is a uh, shout out to Pinnovate and Kiki and her team. Yes. You know. um, oh, I sure do. I love Kiki. I, I love Kiki. Week. Hey Kiki. And they do such great like process videos. Mm-hmm. Like the they did today. They did a yeah. same. We probably watched the same. The one. Halloween candy one. Yes. And I'm like, now I want candy. I know. Exactly. I'm going after this. And so, I, they do a great job. So if you guys are looking for inspo, head over to Pinnovate. Check that out. Yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit. We've emailed about this before. I want to talk about the algorithm just a little bit, just a touch. Yes. Because I saw a post today on Instagram saying that the algorithm is changing and, you know, creators are kind of going to be vulnerable in this and saying that engagement is really going to be driven between interaction, not necessarily mm-hmm. just like likes, but like the likes, comments, shares, saves, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, kind of freaking out a little bit. And you made me feel a lot better because you're like, fuck dog. <laughs> not in those words, but I'm real to kind of what you alluded to. So get, give, me, give me the tea on that. Yeah, so exactly. There's a few things that people always ask me because they're kind of buzz words. One of them's algorithm and one of them is what is the best time to post. These are like mystery things of Instagram that I think are bullshit and I yeah. don't pay any attention to whatsoever. I literally don't know what the algorithm is. I don't know like how to play it or whatever. I just do my Instagram the way that I have seen be successful. And that is engaging with my community. Every single person in their counts as, you know, your audience, 
you don't get two comments, respond to the two comments, and then the next 50, you just like leave. And I've even contacted companies before where people are like asking questions and they're like, how much is this? I'd love to order this, da, da, da. And it, it was killing me because this was post after post of people being like super engaging and then crickets. And I literally messaged them and I'm like, hey, just a heads up. Like you could have made like $5,000 of orders this week, but you're ignoring your followers. Right. Did not appreciate my tip, but they're like, thanks. We're redoing our social. I'm like, whatever. But yeah, so back to algorithm. If that is the way it's going, if it is on engagement, I will be so happy because I do think it will weed out the fake the fake stuff. So if it is based on, because I am really good at engagement, but so are all the people that have taken my workshops because I've literally taught them step-by-step how to engage organically and not fake and to find the right people for their business and that kind of thing. So I think the people that have put the time and effort into their feeds should feel really good about it and not care about any changes like that. The people that should be panicking are ones that have bought half their following. There, just uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So then, when you say like community engagement and and engaging, like you mean like you like if I if I'm running local laundries Instagram, that's me in the background liking and commenting. Because if someone doesn't comment on your photo, are you gonna be like, okay, well, no one commented, so job's done? Or do you go? You're saying go back in? No, I find them. You find them. You find people to comment. Mm-hmm. And you comment. So like local laundry, for instance, yes. would be commenting on other people's posts, following hashtags, following yes. new accounts. And so like, I mean, because we don't have, I don't want to take, I don't want to leech your content. <laughs> your work. Okay. I'm like, let's see what we can get out of her. Um, <laughs> but like, what's like a hack? Is there, a, is there like a hack for this? Like you say like 20 minutes, like comment, new follows, DMs and shares. Yeah. So actually this, this is, this is my hack because I said before, one of the main questions I get is like, when do I, when do I post? No, don't post at three in the morning. We all know that like nobody's on there, but if you're posting between like, let's say nine and eight o'clock, nine o'clock, anywhere in there is good. The more important thing is to be posting when you have the time to post, when you have the time to post and then for a full 30 minutes, you're going to go through your hashtags that you just hashtagged on your post. Mm-hmm. And you're going to click on some of those hashtags and you're going to go to the most recent and you're going to go and engage with those people authentically. And I'm not saying don't go and just like, right. you're going to go in there and you're going to be like, wow, that is such a beautiful dress. Where did you get it from? That kind of engaging, no love, no hand, like high five, like whatever. Right. No. You need to actually make community, make connections this way. This is a grind to do that this way. Like it sounds like a lot of work because it is, but the payoff is so good. Like it feels so good to post something like, Hey, it's my last day of school. And I told my husband, I'm like, I feel good about this post. I know, I know when I've posted something that's gonna, I'm going to get some good engagement on. And I come back and there's like 150 comments. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. And then I posted something today and it like flopped. And I just, some, a lot of the ones that my kids flop, people don't like my kid posts. I'm not going to stop posting them because of it. But this is a huge indicator 
of like an authentic following is yeah. like posts no, with 150 like comments and then one with eight. If you look at somebody's account and they have 350 comments on every single post, fake, 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 fake. Anyways, so that's my hack is that when you've posted something, make sure to stay on the app and you're going to go and engage for a full 30 minutes and you're not going to scroll and you're not going to get distracted. You're going to actually engage with community and you will see your following and your engagement grow. Okay. I'm taking mental notes. I'm not going to write this down because it's distracting, but that is such a hot tip. I love that. And I love that you said like when you're commenting, you're not just like emoji emoji or, or whatever. You're actually asking like an actual, here we go again with that word, authentic or genuine or real yep. question. And, and like, that's relatable to the post. So yes. you do, that's communication. Number one is you open up a two way dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's really powerful. And sometimes you just, I am guilty if my bosses are kind of messing listening to it, I'm like throwing up photos and I'm like, see ya, getting a margarita. Yeah. Just kidding. <clears throat> but that's so true because sometimes you're just like, oh, I just want the content out there and, and people can do whatever they want with it. But that's really not the, that's not the game. That's not the shit. No. And I find that like sometimes it's so hard to get the actual like likes and engagement on photos and you see like, okay, we've got, you know, 23,000 followers on Instagram. And then it's like, we can barely break a hundred likes. I'm like, what's happening? So then you're like, okay, I'm going into the analytics. I'm seeing what time the audience is on. Is on. And I'm like, okay, well, people like this photo, not like this photo, but they're kind of the same. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. What time did you post? You yeah. know, you're looking into the analytics, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, if I'm not in that app, yeah. Instagram's going to be like, no way now. A hundred percent. The app is super sensitive to that. It doesn't want to feel used. <laughs> it doesn't want to feel used. Just like people, the app doesn't want to feel used. Oh my no, God. no. Don't just like sleep with the app and then run out the door the next day. You just need to like get comfortable with it. But honestly, I used to do this for a long time. I would say 75% of my posts over the years were oh shit, I have to post something before I run into this appointment. Just get it out there. Right. Those had zero engagement. My posts where I have literally, I've gone into the app for like five minutes before I post and gone and engaged. And then I've gone and put my post up and then I've gone and engaged authentically for half an hour. Those posts will always do better Mm -hmm. because your post is considered like hot for about 30 minutes. And then after that, it's dead. You notice that, right? Like if you have a hot post, like that, that one on Friday that I put, put up, I think it got like 150 some comments, but then that's it. It stops. That's a lot. Have you ever noticed that? Like a really hot post, like it will get all the comments for about half a day and then mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah. Like you, you might get one trickle in every so often, but generally that post is now dead after about half an hour. Right. On to something else. Yeah. You're like, okay, how can we hack? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. And I hope that you, you okay, okay sharing that because I know that totally wanted to come and listen to you. So if you guys want more information about that, this isn't sponsored, but I'm just going to give you a share. <laughs> like, go take Brittany's courses, go listen to her stuff, go follow her. 
I feel like I've learned a lot even just in the last nine minutes. I'm like, okay, a new day. Um, now I want to talk about the dark side about social media because you put mm-hmm. up a post, it was on your Instagram story, and I felt so like, I didn't feel bad for you, but I just like my stomach just tore for you because you got these like troll messages. Like what? Yeah. I know that this happens and I'm not naive. Yeah. I know this happens. We've gotten it too. There's people lurking on social media that just want to bring you down or whatever it is. Maybe they're boss, maybe they're fake. Like that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it really does. Be, you know, like how do you, do you get trolled a lot? Like does this happen to you? I do not. Okay. I do not. I actually consider myself extremely lucky that in the nine years on on Instagram, that one troll situation, like maybe like a month ago, was like I would say my first one in forever. Yes, I get spam. That's not the same thing. That's but this is a full on troll. The worst part about it was I actually, and I still think this. I actually think it was somebody that knows me under a, like a burner account. Like I just felt like it was such a personal dig that knew a little bit more about my family or something. Right. So it wasn't just like, Oh, you're ugly or something like that. It was something about my parenting and it dug so deep. I, it, and it sucks so much when you get those because you could have a thousand people saying, I love you. You're the best. And that one person that just like seeps in is so toxic will cloud everything good totally. and it sucks so I actually I took a one-week hiatus I just was like you know what I'm gonna shut her down for a week and it was really good but honestly I am ruthless with blocking and deleting people if they make me feel bad if their posts I feel are judgy or political or overly like negative or if I just open it up and I just feel yucky. About a year and a half ago, I stopped. I had a, I had really bad adrenal fatigue and I had been doing CrossFit for about nine months and I gained weight. Like I worked so hard five days a week, worked out every day and I ended up crashing and I had followed so many Fitspo accounts, so many. And so I had to go through and unfollow all of them because I'd open them up and they'd make me feel like garbage and so that's something too, is like, be ruthless with what you're consuming. Do not consume garbage, just like fast food and, you know, healthy food. You have the choice to whether consume like, and I am not a person who's like bad food versus good food. I'm very, that's like totally, oh, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but let's be real. If you eat McDonald's for three meals a day, every day a week, you're going to feel like garbage. And it's just like the consumption on here. If you're going to consume garbage on here, you're going to feel like garbage. So make sure you're very mindful. Automatically get a gut feeling that this isn't good. Yeah. I mean, like we treat our bodies like temples. Maybe we should treat our feeds like temples. Totally. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. So in terms of dealing with like negative negativity or trolls, you're saying block, delete, t- treat the feed like a temple. What you want to mm-hmm. consume is like, what's going to make you feel love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Now I want to just touch on, I know this is a little bit of personal and we'll get into more, more okay. strategy talk, but Kate Stevens was on the podcast last week. And I love Kate Stevens. Anyone that follows me, they, I have like a weird obsession. <laughs> anyway. We went off on this whole tangent about body positivity, and she said that she was moving into loving 
her body as like, you know, every body, we all have bodies. This is my body, blah, 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 to like radical self-acceptance. And I was like, I'm in love with you. This is everything I need to hear. And so yeah. in the podcast, I said, I, was wear- I wanted to wear these white pants and I was worried because I have, I have you know, thick thighs, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm, I'm a tall ass woman. I just am. And Dutch roots. And so booty's big. <laughs> shoulders are big and I was like I'm so scared of these white pants blah 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 but I love them anyways I fucking wore the white pants anyone that's following <laughs> I wore them and you put a post out on social media and you said it was a post about saying sorry to your legs and that you had been like hiding them and neglecting them and like mm-hmm. all I just wanted to take a moment to like build us up anyone that's like worried about their bodies and social media has come into this space where it's so beautifully body positive. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's been quite a journey. So having four kids obviously is not the best on your body. And so you go through like a lot of body changes. And after our last baby, I went really hard at the gym and mm-hmm. then crashed. And I crashed hard. It was um, mental. It was physical. I could barely even like, operate past like two o'clock in the afternoon it was really awful I had to treat myself like a baby for like six months like eight o'clock bedtime IV therapy like all the things wow and so watching myself like basically go through that for what like for what I was getting up at five o'clock every day to do CrossFit that I hated by the way I hated every moment of it Um, I know I that's (laughs) not I'll just say this. I loved CrossFit. I loved it. I, it helped me move past, you know, a breakup. It helped me. You, yeah. It helped. But fuck, man. Like, you work so goddamn hard. So hard. Like, I just. Like, I don't want to jump on that tire. I don't want to Because I might smash my face. I know. I'm like, I'm not going to pull myself up over a bar 900 times. I just, I'm an adult. <laughs> I can make my own decisions. And I want to hang out in child's pose forever yeah 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 it's true and I am so I kind of went through this transformation in the last year where I threw away my scale like about a year ago I threw it away it it I don't know my weight when I go to the doctors I get weighed backwards I won't look at the weight so that part of me because I was obsessive and I had been obsessive for over 10 years I had tracked food like my fitness pal and me just had our like 10 year anniversary like obsessive and which is ridiculous because if you've tracked your food once for like a few months you kind of know what you're eating like <laughs> there's not really a point yeah. but it got to the point where you know like if I knew a birthday was coming up I would like panic because I'm like oh my god I'm gonna want the cake and I'm not gonna have the cake and it's gonna suck to this point where now I know what makes me feel good and now I know what makes me feel gross mm-hmm. and Sometimes I'll eat the food that makes me feel gross. But for the most part, I'm just trusting in myself that like what I know what's good for me. I work out five days a week. I go to the gym every single morning. None of it is for abs. None of it is for booty. It is just for my mental health because I know I'm going to be a nicer person to everyone if I give myself some me time. Yeah. But back to the body positivity. So it all kind of comes back to that. So there was a lot of pieces that I had to build in order to post a picture of me in like, I have like a NYX bra and like Lululemon pants with my cellulite tummy. It's totally got stretch marks, but I'm like, you know what? This body has also grown four healthy babies. 
It has battled through several surgeries after one of those babies. It has done so many things. And why am I hating on it? Mm-hmm. But I will say at the end of the day, and I don't know how other body positive people are. I use my Instagram as a journal. It's a very public journal, <laughs> very public journal. So when I am writing about that, a little piece of it is my own therapy of, am I okay with this? Let's write it out. Let's get it out there. It doesn't fully mean that I have come over that hump. Beating the beast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is. I feel like once you kind of have that ingrained in your brain, and I feel like probably most of us have these hangups, I don't think it ever fully goes away. I think it will always creep back. But I think when you post about it, part of it is that I just want to talk it out, get it out there, but also maybe make somebody else feel like they're okay that day as well and just feel the same. So yeah, but it's a lot. Like, I mean, I don't want to be a fraud and say like, I'm so body positive and I love myself every day. Like I have really bad days too. So I don't ever want people to be like, God, I wish I could get to the point where I just love myself like Brittany loves herself because that's not true. It's less obsessive. Right. Right. And if I can, and if I can kind of get, get over those humps and improve a little bit every single day, then that's okay. And I also use my Instagram as honestly like a milestone marker. Like I look back on my Instagram, like let's say in a year from now, I look at that post and be like, Oh my gosh, look at me. I was like kind of shy about wearing these shorts last year. And now I'm wearing shorts every day. Like, so it's kind of a cool thing to see yourself grow. Yeah, absolutely. Like you are treating it like it's a journal and you're moving through mm-hmm. things, you're unpacking things. And yeah, that really is that, that, you know, a lot of the, like, like you were talking about like that, that how you create that behind the scenes content, that real content that people do kind of feel that emotional attachment to, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's body positivity, whether it's building your business, whether it's moving through COVID-19. I love anything body positivity because it makes me, you know, me feel better. I'm never going to be. Mm-hmm. A size two. I'm this. This isn't. It's never going to happen for me. I'm always going to be curvier and yeah. <laughs> but don't don't when you're walking by me. That's what it's going to look like. Um, oh, yeah. But and so I just I love all that. So I just wanted to 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 pay homage to that and, and mention it because I know that we got some. Well, we have a lot of female followers, and if we can hear mm-hmm. this more and more and more, then mm-hmm. we're going to feel better more and more and more. But I'm going to change yeah. it a little bit. Okay, okay, I need to know about hashtags. I feel okay. like hashtags were like this huge thing came out. You fucking couldn't get it. You had to. You had to hashtag the shit out of every single post. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people stopped hashtagging. And maybe I just sort of left the social game for a bit. And then I was like, okay, these are really big brands that have like hundreds of thousands, and they don't put out anything. They don't put it one single hashtag. Boom, huge yeah. read. If I posted something without a hashtag, I think I would get like. I don't know. <laughs> My dad <laughs> liking it, like yeah, and now they're back, and now I hear a lot of people saying like hashtag strategy, and then we're seeking out hashtags that our customers are following. But I'm like, oh my god, like how do you? It's a lot. How do you do that? So give me unpack hashtags for me, like three minutes. <laughs> okay, I will <laughs> say the hashtags portion of my workshop is three pages long. Oh my God. Well, don't, and I don't want, I don't, well, I don't want to say that to scare people, but it is complicated and it's, but it's way more important than what people think. When I see people not using hashtags or not using the right ones, I want to be like, ah, what are you doing? 
for example, on International Women's Day this year, I posted two photos. Mm-hmm. One I posted of, I want to say me and my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. A few hours later, I posted one of me and my daughters. Mm-hmm. I did not hashtag the one of me and my daughters. We were running into a hockey game. Again, don't do that. That post got one comment and maybe 50 likes. The other one got like over 100 comments and hundreds of likes. Amazing. So, and the only difference is, is one was my kids and one, like, it wasn't such different material or a different day or a different following. Like, that was the difference was the hashtags. And if you're going to pull your insights, if you look at your insights, and then you look at from hashtags, that is at the very bottom, it's the very last thing on your insights, you will see how many, like what the reach was just from hashtags alone. And the one in my course that I use, for example, is almost 2400 accounts just from the hashtags alone. So you can't, yeah, you can't skip them. So here's rundown, real quick rundown. A lot of people hashtag their photos with their industry photo or like industry hashtag. So for you, for example, you're like, like shop local, blah, 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 which is great. Yeah. But, and you're going to want to use about half of those. That is correct. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. The other half of them, though, are going to be people like, who are your customers? Is it YYC moms, YYC dads, YYC families, um, YYC children, YYC events, like that kind of thing. So you're going to want to grab who your customers are or who you want your niche audience to be. Because if you think about it, if you use that engagement strategy that I said before, where you go through your hashtags and go and engage with them. Yeah. You don't want to be engaging with your competition. Like that doesn't make sense. You want to be engaging with your customers or your future customers. So you're going to be wanting to use hashtags that are those customers and then engaging on those accounts as well. So it's about a 50, 50. You can have 30 hashtags in your post. People are like, I've heard different things. I'm like, I haven't. I say max them out, use the 30. You have them. So use them. You have them so you can use them. Okay. Yeah. And do some, do some research on them too. I mean, like get in there, get like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. I see a lot of people too. They'll use like a hashtag, like love, for example. Which well, is- love has like 50 million on like uses on it. Right. Useless. Do not use these hashtags. <laughs> you will fall into a black hole. You okay. have to use hashtags that have just about enough, but not too many. And so for example, like if you did like mint sweater, YYC knit, it would like, that wouldn't even come up maybe. But what if it had two, two hits? Don't use it. Like that's useless. Okay. Use like hashtags that are, I would say 5,000 and up, but no more than I would say like 500,000 would be max. Okay. Like very max. Like I wouldn't go over that. So you really want to find that sweet spot of ones that are used enough to actually be useful, but not not so much that they fall into a black hole. Man, man, my day job. It's a lot. Hashtags is insane. <laughs> Hashtags is insane. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, like, I obviously was wrong. I didn't think that hashtags were not no longer relevant. I mean, I didn't think that. I just saw a lot of brands that weren't using them. So I was like, is it uncool? Or like, do people like, do you ever think that, that like, cause I was like, maybe I won't use all of them. I won't use yeah. their, like, does it look spammy? Do, do you ever, do you ever get that feedback? No. So I do say in my course, 
aesthetically, I always put them in my comments. You just file them away. Just file them away because as soon as you have a few comments, those hashtags aren't seen anymore because I don't want to say spammy, but no one needs to see them. Okay. They're the search function. They're the search function within Instagram. That's how your content is found is either tagging people. So tagging companies, tagging people or hashtagging things. These are the only two ways your stuff is going to be actually found. So you have to use them, but people don't need to read them. They don't need to read the search function within Instagram. So you can definitely hide them in the comments. I do some dots and then the comments and then that's it. And so I leave my hashtags out of my post completely. Okay. Okay. So that makes me feel a lot better. Unless it's like, and I taught the group today, unless it's a hashtag that you're like trying to start like a trend or get your people to use. Right. Yeah. Like a specific hashtag. Like if, it, if local laundry has their hash like local laundry hashtag keep your laundry local okay so that, i would use that one in the caption because that one you want people to see that um, okay i got one thing right out of, out of about a hundred so we're <laughs> just like high school okay we're in transition i won't i don't want to take up too much of your time because we had that technical difficulty oh my god so i'm going to ask you a couple more questions I okay. wanted to, I feel like we need to like have you on again so we can do like two <laughs> because I, my brief that I'm looking at is like a third <laughs> way down. So I'm going to ask you two more questions. Okay. I'm going to ask you two more marketing questions and then I'm going to ask you two more closing questions and then I swear okay. you can go have okay. whatever you need to do. Four <laughs> <laughs> kids, I'm sure they got to go to bed soon. Okay. So paid advertising. Now yeah. I know this is going to be a lot to unpack, but so paid advertising I know, obviously, it's in our marketing playbook. Now, I want to bring in one of my mentors. He's uh, the CEO of Cult Collective. His name is Chris Nealon. If you guys don't know him, mm-hmm. you should know him. If you're marketing professionals, go follow him on LinkedIn. That's where he, that's where he lives. And he, he sees out a ton of content. He it has a, such a unique brand perspective. And he says that we shouldn't make or we shouldn't buy impressions. We should make them. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with that from a community perspective, what we've chatted about that totally makes sense. But if you're trying to amplify your brand reach, the first thing that we usually reach for is paid social media marketing. What are your thoughts between those two sort of, I guess, ideals? Yeah, I actually really love the, like, I'm like, who is this? He needs to be my best friend. Unreal. Yeah, like that's totally my jam. Yeah. Organic. It's funny because I don't really eat a lot of organic food. I can't afford it with four kids. <laughs> but when it comes to my social media, I am a 100% organic. I don't purchase any, I don't purchase followers. I don't purchase engagement. I don't pay for sponsored ads. I don't do any of that. So I, and here's the reason is because my clients are small business and I'm trying to teach them to do social media the best way they can with a budget of zero for marketing. So there's not a lot to unpack from me. (laughs) It's just not existent. So, I mean, that's not to say like that, you know, if you're going big scale, like if you're looking to grow your brand to be like this multi-million dollar international, blah, blah, blah. But those are not the people that I work with. And so they couldn't handle a million customers overnight (laughs) with their paid ads. Right. Like they couldn't handle it. So 
you would more so leaning to the to the to the notion of like internal engagement and really driving that yeah. as high as you can. So then you yeah. can rely on referrals and affinity yeah. and that love for your brand more so than just like crafting a, a quick and quirky message and then shooting it off into the digital marketing. Yeah. Hopefully that they turn into people that can yeah. be customers. And you know, some of the time it's just sort of taking a gamble being like, well, we're going to throw some hundreds of dollars at the window and we'll see who we come back with when yes. you're saying ditch that what and what and also what Chris Nealon is saying is saying if you're going to spend say a thousand dollars on marketing or yes. a social media ad, take that thousand dollars or even take a quarter of that and bring it back into you know doing something special for your for your clients or doing something a hundred percent your your really big follow, you know um, customers or followers or people that you can kind of make that impact on so you yes. would also agree with that yes a hundred percent I always. I kind of like heard a saying before and it was like, it's easier to have babies than raise the dead. So basically the people that you have, you don't want to kill them off. Right. You want to keep them around. So work to keep those people around. For example, I bought like a digital Starbucks card like a few weeks ago and just posted it in my stories. And I'm like, whoever gets it first, like the first, whatever, 10 people, 20 people get a Starbucks on me because I appreciate the community that I have. And I love that he said that. Mm -hmm. I think that it shows such strong community. And let's say you spend that thousand dollars on your followers or your clients or whatever it is, they're going to share that. And then their people are going to see like, holy crap, this is like the best customer service I've ever seen in my life. Who is this person? And then it's going to organically grow. And I feel like organic while it's so slow and it can feel so painful, it sticks. It sticks around. It's loyal. And so you're not in this constant panic that you know, like you're trying to make people happy all the time. Like what if these 100,000 people that I just like bought into fall off the face of the earth? Whereas if my 10,000 followers are organic and they're really loyal to me, they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like my growth is really slow, but my, my losses are hardly anything and I track it. So, you know, I do see green more than red. When I see red, I'm like, what did I do? Like, what did I say? I'm so sorry. I literally go back to that day. I'm like, what did I post that day that pissed people off? But you know, I just, I really believe in just doing it organically and doing it the right way. Um, even when it feels slow and painful. <laughs> but you know it's gonna pay off. You so do, last, yeah. The last question I'm gonna ask you about like marketing strategy before we really wrap things up is like what are your thoughts for, for the rest of 2020 or even like into 2021? Like, you know, you're still hosting workshops, which is awesome mm -hmm. to see. So and I mean I, I have a feeling that like markets are gonna come back. Like markets were a big play in our marketing playbook because we were had interaction all that kind of stuff and now I imagine it's going to be like distance and wearing masks and all that sort of thing like do you think that you know workshops in-person meetups or you know mini events are they going to come back do you think we'll reintegrate them do you think it's going to be like a new like what are your thoughts for the rest of 2020 into 2021 what do we have coming yeah I thought pretty hard about this because I think it's so like unpredictable right now but I think people have gotten so creative around this kind of stuff. So for example, on Friday, I am attending a 
going to market wines. They're like opening a new location by the university. Oh, nice. And a normal, a normal event with like influencers, like grand opening, they're just like, come at five o'clock and mingle, whatever. This one was, we're going to have it over four days. We're going to have timed tickets. So they only have a certain number of people during every slot. They're going to have like pre-portioned appies or whatever, pre-poured things. So like contact is going to be very minimal. So I think that there's major room for markets. I think it just looks a lot different. It's not going to be like the cattle crowds, like at, oh my gosh, Spruce Meadows, like insanity. Yeah, no, we're not doing, I'm I'm not going there. That's just... (laughs) I mean, maybe, but <laughs> I went there on my due date with my son and I got into the grand hall and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not supposed to. Like, oh, I think I'm going to give birth here right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't like crowds on the best of days. Yeah. I, and right now I don't go past, I'm a selfie and I don't go past those centers. Someone's like, oh, we have to go to wherever. I'm like, sorry, I'm not. Can't. Yeah. I know. I'm like, like Nolan Hill. I'm like, I guess we can't be friends. No, I'm just maybe next year. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe move down this way. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there is space for it. I also think people just really need to get creative. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed with like, I mean, just like everybody else, but having to pivot because I had poured a little bit of money into rebranding right Mm -hmm. before COVID. And so my plan was to have these workshops that I was doing because I was running four a month, a dozen a piece. I was going to increase my prices because people literally told me to increase my prices. I'm like, okay, if people are telling you that you should listen, but it was really cool. I didn't just want to increase prices for nothing. I wanted to make it a really like luxe event with like a luxurious gift at every single one but that person was going to sponsor the event and then get a banner on Eventbrite, get like shout outs all through the month. And instead of swag bags, have like a nice candle or like a candy bag or whatever, and really like feature that item. And then just like, I think like branded, like maybe pens or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, never mind, no workshops for you. (laughs) So so, yeah, so I went a hundred percent virtual overnight And to be honest, I think it was even better. I think I've taught maybe five or 600 people over the last six months. So I got a ton of groups, which was nice. Like a lot of direct sales leaders would just buy the group group packages for like 15 or 30 people. And it was so great because it was people that were like all kind of going for the same goal. So I could really customize their workshop for them. So that kind of thing. I think people just need to be creative and not just throw in the towel, but just put like their creative hat on and think like, I don't need to quit this. I need to think of a different way to execute it. Right. Right. Lean into that creativity and don't stop. Yeah. And I think also like, I think people really have to be gun shy about like, like today, like I said, like I had my first in-person workshop since March 14th this morning which felt really good, but I'm not getting like my hopes up that this is like long lasting. So I'm not going to pour a ton of money into printing or whatever, if I'm just going to have to go virtual in two weeks again. (laughs) Right. Oh my God. Not going to win. That's not happening. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I can't. That is amazing. I am loving everything that you're saying. I want to come to a workshop. (laughs) Okay. The last thing that we'll ask you as we start to wrap up is what advice do you have for other 
influencers, entrepreneurs, creator, creators before, before we say goodbye? Yes. Um, I love this question because I'm really passionate about it. So something that I've kind of started gearing towards is more experience type content. So I get approached quite a bit about products. I turn them down if I'm not interested and it's not to be rude. I just don't want to waste anybody's time or energy. I'm also a minimalist. So I don't want stuff around my house unless I love it. So I turned down a lot of products and I have been kind of trying to sway a little bit more towards experiences, travel, that kind of stuff, because that's my love language. So I feel like I can push content out that is more, authentic if it's something that I actually really love and like love love not love and like that's (laughs) love and love completely redundant so my tip for content creators is I've been seeing a ton of I can tell they're paid because I'm like there's no way you did this unpaid like there's no way and if you did please don't but what I'm seeing is a lot of like paid content that is not creative like it's just like throwing the product in front of the camera being like, look at this. It's so awesome. Woo. You can't do that as a content creator, get creative because you're going to start losing followers. You're going to start losing engagement and your return on investment for the client that has hired you is going to be not very good. So really focus on like getting really creative. And I love doing that personally, but I've actually kind of the last little while I've had to kind of brainstorm where I want to go with that side of my business, the influencer side and not do paid. Cause I feel like if I do paid, it's a lot of pressure and I feel like it's not authentic and I feel pressure to take them. And I'm not, I was never making enough money to even justify the amount of stress and work that went into it. Right. Yeah. So I never made it a full-time job. So I kind of like the last little while I'm like, I don't want to take any paid gigs. Give me Give me a trip to Banff over like a hundred bucks any day, like any day. So maybe we'll get you one. <laughs> Woo! I have actually quite a few coming up, which makes me super excited because travel is my love language and we do not have the cash flow. I'm on student budget still. So we don't have the cash flow to travel, but that's my happy place is getting, getting out of the house and just doing something fun. Yeah, totally. Especially you got to keep those, all those kiddos, like you got to drain that energy somehow. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Fresh mountain air that'll suck the energy right out of them. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me. I am seriously going to take you up. You didn't agree to this, but I'm going to suggest a part two for this. (laughs) Like so much more that I want to dive into. Um, Awesome. We'll turn for that. I'm just going to assume that you're going to say yes. Of course. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) We're huge fans of you as well. So thank you so much. We've officially spilled the tea with Brittany Kolba. And we will talk to everybody in our next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Spilling the Tea podcast is brought to you by Local Laundry. Made for creators, influencers, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Each episode, we spill the tea on new marketing tips and tricks while laundering insights from guests and hanging local laundry insider secrets out to dry. Wash up on your marketing, creating, and influencing know-how, and stay tuned for new episodes and weekly chitter-chatter.